Hello everyone, this is Richfield Tiger Talk. I'm your host, Dr. D. Santis, and I am super excited for today's show because in a week, Ridgefield High School is going to be hosting this super awesome, mega cool robotics competition. And joining me on today's show, we have the guy who started the whole robot thing at the high school, Mr. Mike Murphy. How are you, Mr. Murphy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having um, me. Well, thanks for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to uh, meet with us here at, at Richfield Tiger Talk. And you've brought two students along with you. Could you introduce them? Yes, I have, I have two students with me today uh, with, with different experiences in robotics. So first we have uh, Harshiv. Hello, how are you? Harshiv's a, a senior who's been involved with the team for I think four years, Yeah, right? four, yeah, all four years. And then, and then uh, Declan Kelly, who's with us, this is his second year on the team. Yeah, hello. Oh, great. A junior. Yeah. Junior. Wow. So good to have uh, students on the podcast, as always. Um, all right. Well, uh, first off, before we talk about the event next week, why don't you tell us a little bit about the robotics program at RHS and how that kind of fits into everything? Sure. Uh, so robotics at uh, Ridgefield High School takes on a couple of forms. So uh, one is we have uh, two semester classes in robotics, robotics one and robotics two. And those are classes that are open to students of any grade level at any level of experience. So a lot of the students that take the class are freshmen who've never done anything involving uh, mechanical design or electrical design or computer science or any of that sort of thing. And so it's a class that allows uh, a newcomer uh, with no background uh, to get a little experience in you know, structure, mechanical design, um, how mechanisms work. Uh, as well as a little bit of electronics and wiring, and all of the robots have to be programmed, so a little bit of computer science as well. So if I'm a student who you know has zero experience, I come into this class, by the end of the class, I would have made robots. So yeah, so within the first semester class, Robotics 1, um, students will have built uh, at least three robots. Um, the first robot they build uh, is a basic drivetrain robot, so they learn how to uh, get a robot to move around, uh, there's, there's two kinds of control that we talk about. One is uh, remote control, which everyone would be familiar with, and the other is autonomous, uh, which is actually where we start off, uh, where the robots are given um, either pre-written instructions that they go off and do on their own, or uh, they utilize data from sensors to respond to the environment and make decisions about uh, how to behave based on what's happening and uh, what they're interacting with. Right, uh, and so for autonomous mode, each has its own benefits. So if you know exactly what your track is going to look like and what your and what your obstacles are, you can program the autonomous to go around, over, and under those obstacles along that track, and it will work barring coding errors. But, of course, yeah. <laughs> but with the autonomous where it takes in data if say a tree falls down, if say like a block is misplaced or something else unforeseen happens, can react to that situation. Mm -hmm. And how we do that is is interesting. I don't know much about it, but for a program autonomous, you you feed it like, okay, you go forward, then you take a right. It's like it's like it's like a map. It's following instructions, basically. Yeah. yeah. And with the autonomous that is taking in data, what you're doing is you're giving a set of inputs. Like, for example, if 
if if path clear if path clear go forward if path obstructed turn turn repeat repeat until path clear you know, then go forward so you're giving so you're so you're giving it a basic set of parameters on which to function yep which oh. And, and we've got a lot of different sensors, things that are as simple as what we call bump switches, which is like basically a button so that if mm -hmm. you know, the robot bangs into a wall, it knows that it, it encountered something, but all the way up to, you know, uh, basically laser distance sensors and even cameras that can seek out different colored objects and, and diff of different sizes. Uh, last year, one of our competitive robots actually had, so last year they had to shoot Frisbees at these uh, Frisbee golf style goals. Yep. And so one of, one of our robots had a camera on it that could not only locate the goal, but based on knowing how much of the image was taken up by the goal, it could understand how far away from the goal it was and adjust the speed of its Frisbee launcher to adapt to uh, still hit the target regardless. That of, is so uh, cool. Yeah. That is so cool that our kids are designing stuff like that. Um, and I assume Robotics 2 is just more advanced, right? You have the experience from Robotics Run. You're working on more complex projects. Yeah, and with, you know, within that first semester of Robotics 1, yeah. you know, that initial basic drivetrain robot, they make a robot yep. with an arm and a manipulator so that it can pick up objects. And by the end of the first semester, they're making robots that they design themselves with the lessons they learned in the first two robots. Um, to compete in a, a little game that we hold in our own classroom um, just as a way to give them uh, an open-ended challenge that they have to create a real-world solution for. Uh, and then in Robotics 2, we, we take it even further. We have more complicated uh, mechanical systems, more, you know, in incorporate more sophisticated uh, programming and sensors, but also um, giving them opportunities to explore uh, projects that they not only are designing for a challenge, but they're coming up with the challenge that they want to solve. So, so how is the the club different than the classes? Because now we have a club which has a lot of members. It meets after school. Um, how does that work? Definitely, you want to talk a little bit about the club? Oh yeah. So the club is composed of a bunch of different teams that's registered within like the Vex ecosystem, which is like the system of competitions that happens mm -hmm. in England. And uh, we we all work on our own respective robots. Some of us do try to coordinate. Uh, for alliances, which I'll get to later. And we all uh, make robots that are supposed to play the competition game that happens at the competitions on most on like next Saturday. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, why don't you explain to me like how this game works? So, for the audience, every year they change the game uh, to make it challenging, right? You can't have the same game every year because then people are just going to make the same robots. Uh, but it's not just like a small change, right? Some years there's ball, some years there's triangle, some years there's frisbee, some years there's all sorts of shenanigans. Um, what's this year's game? Uh, this year's game is what over under? Over under? Yeah, VR. That's VRC over under. So the way it works, in the most simplest sense, and Declan, correct me here if I'm wrong, um, is there are these things called tribals, which which are what they sound like. There are they are three-sided sort of cone balls that you take and the objective is to score them under your enemy's goal and then and then after that 
you go, you you keep doing that while defending your own goal, obviously. Now, there are two stages to the game. The first stage is the autonomous, which is either the pre-programmed or the um, adaptive autonomous that we talked about earlier. Yeah. And the second stage is driver control, which is basically using a remote control to get your robot to move and do all those things. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing about the autonomous portion is that whichever team scores the most points in that gets awarded an additional bonus for that. Uh, and also one more thing about the game itself is you gain points for like just the location of a ball on another uh, team's field. All right. So basically, if I'm if I'm watching this and I don't know what's going on because, you know, I'm not into the robots, but let's say I'm a guest and I'm watching uh, stuff that happens during the autonomous time is worth more because it's all about programming, understanding your sensors and the playing field. And then there's a remote control portion where, yeah. you know, the, there's someone who's piloting the robot on a team and then you're trying to achieve the goals. So the stuff autonomous is kind of worth more because the it's on, it's autonomous it's on its own, uh, and then after that it's someone who's who's controlling it with a remote. Well, I wouldn't say quite that, but um, the autonomous can be very valuable because if you have an especially good autonomous, you can score three, two, you can score a large amount of points that will get you up in your ranking oh yeah the autonomous point uh if you not like, the autonomous point we covered that already didn't we uh no just the autonomous portion right yeah we covered that um so as and someone can do really terribly an autonomous but their team can be the best team robot driver team in existence and they can still win so it's not necessarily worth more or less than the other than um than um than driver points it all depends on how how the autonomous and the driver portion together are played together and the and the autonomous uh period can also set you up for success in the driver control period too um there's also so the 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 tri balls, which are it's such a challenging thing to try to describe <laughs> to an audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're kind of like I like to think of them as big acorns. Okay, um, that's like, exactly what know, they are. Yeah. You know, like six inch. Imagine an acorn, but it was like six inches big. Um, so like, if you're an observer and you're going to this uh, to this tournament to watch the game, basically like you want to get all of your acorns onto the other side of the field. That's yep. the goal. Uh, and if you can get them into uh, this, uh, the net protected goal on the other side, it's worth even more points. Um, but you didn't talk about the end game. What happens oh, at the right. end of this match? Oh my yeah. God. So at, during the end game, there are these uh, obstacles in the center. And part of these obstacles are these tall poles. And whoever can climb the pole the highest will get the most points in that portion. And there's a lot of points to be had there. It is Ooh. a tough challenge, though. Not a lot of people have done it yet. So, so you can even kind of, you know, you as a robot designer, you're weighing all the pros and cons of these ways to get points, and there's kind of like a high risk, high reward of that last part. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So ah, what's, that's what's great about the uh, the style of games um, that Vex uh, creates for us to participate in is there's ways for newcomers 
uh, to dive right in and make a robot that can be competitive. So if all your robot can do is just sort of like push the ball to the other side of the field, uh, great, you can be involved and, and be competitive. Um, but uh, teams will do things like figure out how to make a catapult so they can just launch the balls to the other side of the field um, or come up with you know more interesting ways to get over the barrier uh, from one side to the other. Some can drive underneath a pole, some can drive over a pole, which is another reason why it's called over-under. Um, and then the climbing at the end uh, can be done very simply with, you, know, you can hook onto a horizontal bar, but there's a much taller vertical bar that's harder to climb. It's like a straight up and down pole. Um, and the, the higher up you are, the more points it's worth. So the, the very best teams, uh, as the season progresses, uh, will have robots that not only can climb the pole themselves, but can also lift up their partner robot to get higher than the pole for the maximum. Wow. Pretty spectacular when yeah. that's happening. So, um, so if people want to see something like this, what's happening at Ridgefield High School on November 4th? Well, I'm glad you've asked, Dr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so every year, and this is our third annual, very excited to, yep. uh, to have this event continue. Uh, we host a uh, official VEX Robotics tournament at Richfield High School. Uh, this year is going to be the biggest year ever. We have over 60 teams coming from three different wow. states. Wow. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be mm -hmm. quite a, crazy. Quite a show. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the structure of the tournament is also something that I think is is really interesting because it's not just a one versus one robotics uh, match. It's always two versus two. And in the beginning of the day, during the qualifying rounds, uh, each team will get to play six different matches. Uh, and each match, they will be paired with a different partner that'll be randomly selected uh, that morning. So each, each of those six matches will have a different partner most of the time from a different school. Mm -hmm. uh, so the students not only have to design a robot that can compete well, uh, but they also have to be able to uh, learn from uh, and work with students from other schools so they can go into a match with a shared strategy um, for their mutual success. And some of their up against in one match could be on their alliance uh, in a future match later in the day. So it creates an environment where students aren't going out there with the attitude they're like, our robot's the best and the rest of you guys stink. Yeah. It's, you know, how can we uh, learn about each other's robots to create the strongest possible alliances. It's all about making you find a robot that complements you. Yes. Yeah. What's what's cool about it is students are not only learning the technological skills, but they're also learning some of the, the business and interpersonal skills. Yeah. So if you're uh, a top-ranked team, you want to have scouted the rest of the teams to know who's going to work well with you. But yeah. if you're a top-ranked team, you want to have marketed yourself well so that the top-ranked teams know, well, maybe we didn't do so good in the rankings, but we have a really valuable feature that complements your, your robot, or our teams work well together, or, or ideally both, um, so that even if you didn't get into the top ranks, you're likely to be selected. There's, there's still opportunity, absolutely. Um, all right, we're, we are running a little short on time. Um, okay. I do, uh, uh, but before we, before we close things up, um, can uh, the, both of your student guests just tell us how they got involved? In, in this in this really cool endeavor? Yeah, uh, so I got started at, in my sophomore year. I took robotics one my freshman year and was already interested in joining the club. I joined the club and got started with Team W. Uh, that was, and it was like the funnest thing I've ever done. It was so fun. And I finally got to like work with coding, which is something I've been doing like, for a really long time without 
a specific like goal to do with it. And it really helped me channel that a lot better. And I'm I'm really happy with it this year too. Now that's great. And how about you, Harvey? Oh yeah, in my freshman year, I took robotics one, and um, because my brother was in the club, I decided to say, I wonder what this is about. And so I met like a lot of great people in that first year that made me want to come back. Like, hey, these people were great. I want these people were great. They took time out of their day to help me understand stuff that I otherwise wouldn't have. Uh, and I want to do it again because it's just so fun. Because even when we when we lost or didn't do as well, nobody got mad at each other. It was like, hey, what can we do? What can we as a team do do to better ourselves for the next game or the next match? It isn't, hey, you did this really, you did this really badly. We we don't want you on our team or anything like that. It's like, hey, you tried your best. Here's how you can improve. And here's how we can improve our robot and our mm -hmm. communication skills to win the next match. So something that's very important to us is the um, the environment that our, our club creates. And uh, yep. both of you mentioned that you, you took Robotics One as a class and then decided to pursue it further with the club. So some of our, our club members have taken the classes. Some of them haven't. And it works both ways where I'll have students join the club and it inspires them to take the courses um, and, and vice versa. Um, students will take the classes and want to get involved in the club. Um, and our club has, so this year we're fielding seven teams. So there's seven wow. of students that are each working in a small group to create their own robot for the, the challenge. Uh, and that creates opportunities where, so like uh, Harshiv's team has both seniors and freshmen on it. Uh, so yeah. Passing some of that knowledge down to the next generation, but also between the teams, um, they'll share ideas, they'll share coding experience and, so forth, um, and also the um, leadership of the club. Uh, Absolutely, on you know through the students and their intentions. A lot of what we do is is focused on the competition, uh, but in the postseason, students are also given the opportunity to pursue creative projects. Like we've, Wally, we're we're working on creating a Wally replica right now. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> is, is we hope to have to uh, be able to outreach to uh, to young people and get them excited about, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we like to call STEAM, science, technology, engineering, mm -hmm. arts, and yep. mathematics. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, so we've, we've done demonstrations at uh, maker fairs in the past. We've uh, gone for the last couple of years to uh, some of the elementary schools for their take apart nights. Uh, and so as uh, important as it is for us to have the students who are involved in the club, uh, getting as much out of the experience as possible. They're also very aware uh, that they have an opportunity to inspire the next generation as well. Um, and actually, I'm, it's funny that you mentioned your brother because I, I totally forgot. Harshiv, what's your brother doing right now? Oh yeah, he's doing. I, yeah, he's doing robotics engineering at, um, at uh, what was it, Stanford? I think maybe. I don't know. He's doing robotics um, engineering at U UConn right now, actually. And he was inspired to pursue this that career because he was in the robotics club. He took the classes. He loved it. And he's like, I want to make a career out of this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is, first off, just want to say thank you again so much for, for running this program here at the high school. And 
Um, you know, from what I have seen, this is one of the best courses someone can take to really get that that full experience of, of not only just that that real world working in a group, working on a project, managing your time, managing personalities, but also managing skills. You're going to work on mechanics. You're going to work on programming. You're going to do and then you switch. And it, it really is uh, an experience like no other. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, thank you again so much for uh, taking the time out of your incredibly super busy day. Uh, what time, where, what can people do to uh, know about this event on the 4th? Sure. So we'd uh, love for anybody listening to uh, come out and see our competition. It's going to be uh, on Saturday, November 4th. We have uh, matches that will be running all day long, starting at 8.30 in the morning, all till probably around 4 p.m., uh, there's no admission fee. There's no, uh, no gatekeeping. So, um, so just walk right in and enjoy all the fun. That's right. And you can, you can show up for, you know, any time during the day to see matches, you can, um, you know, pop in for, you know, 20 minutes and have a great experience. You can, you know, sit through and watch a bunch of matches. And one of the other things that I like about, uh, the way the competition is set up, it's not, uh, where you're getting a kit of parts and everybody's making identical robots. Uh, with, with so many teams coming from so many different places, you're going to see a whole bunch of different takes on the game. And even with our own school, you know, the seven of our teams, each team has a different approach to the, to the game. Uh, we have teams that are, you know, again, newer and focused on just pushing the balls around. We have mm -hmm. some that are working on uh, developing a, a roller system to try to uh, drive up the pole on wheels. Uh, we have teams that are making these uh, expanding nets to try to block people from throwing the balls with their catapults. Um, we even have one team uh, that is going to try, we'll see how they do, uh, <laughs> we're going to try to make a robot that can literally jump through the air to try to grapple onto the pole at the top of its leap. Um, so definitely you want to talk a little about what your robot has real quick before we go? Uh, yeah, so our robot is an advanced version of like a push bot. We're working on making it as compact as possible so it can fit under the goals and score as much as possible. Uh, but we also have added some pneumatically expanding wings that like just pop out and so we can have more surface area to push more things into goals or out of them if we want. We're just like push bot too, pretty much. And that, and that pneumatic control is something that uh, has been a new uh, and exciting frontier for, uh, for us this year. Um, we, we just got into pneumatics a little bit the tail end of last year, and students have gotten so excited about it that many of our robots have not only electric motors powering them, but also air compression um, actuators and pistons. So, ah, so, so cool. So cool. Um, all right. Well, uh, so uh, if you are listening to this podcast, you can go into the description. We have a link to the YouTube video feed. Uh, so that feed will be live on the day of the event, so you can watch the matches from the comfort of your own home. But if you would like to come down, it's going to be at the Richfield High School. Richfield uh, High School starting at three or, or starting at eight thirty p.m. Going to about four o'clock, give or take a little time. Is who knows how late these things can run. And uh, we also have a flyer for the event in the podcast description. So just click on that. We have one link for the YouTube and one link for the uh, flyer. If you need any more information. Uh, again, thank you so much, Mr. Murphy. Thank you so much to your wonderful students. Thank you, Dr. Sanders, and thanks to our audience for continuing to be excited about the things happening here in the Richmond Public School System.
Ah, so cool. Yes, the audience. I want to thank the wonderful audience for taking the time out of their busy day to listen to Richfield Tiger Talk. We are the number one podcast in Richfield. You go on any of your favorite podcasting app, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, anywhere, fine podcasts can be downloaded. You type in Ridgefield, boom, Tiger Talk's the first one that pops up. So if you're if you're listening to you, I already got you. So get your friends and family to subscribe to uh, Ridgefield Tiger Talk, and you're gonna know all the cool stuff happening here at Richfield Public Schools. Uh, again, thank you so much. I can't wait to see this robotics competition. I know I will be there on the 4th, and I'm looking forward to seeing all of you there. Uh, thank you again. This is Dr. D signing off. <laughs>